0: Welcome to CruxCast, whether you're in your car, at work or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com, so please subscribe. We recorded earlier today with Tom Larson, CEO of LRO Resources. They are a silver, polymetallic play in Bolivia. We talked to him about his recent surge in the share price and what's driving it. If you want our thoughts on that conversation and what we've discussed and indeed the company itself. You can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, where you can also find detailed company reports and market analysis. There's also summaries of other interviews that we have done to save you some time. There are training courses on there to help you with your diligence process and commentary from experts from around the world and a variety of companies and commodities. So uh, why don't you go and join our thriving community of shareholders sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, safe and friendly environment. Doesn't that sound nice? So you can find them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Tom, how are you doing, sir? Matthew, good to see you. Excellent to see, to see you. you. I haven't seen you since August when you were trapped in a Swiss chalet.
1: Well, I, I wish we were still in, in Switzerland. We're, we're back here in, in Toronto, which is nice, it's fine. Um but just a lot of act not a lot of uh, physical activity other than just walking up and down Lakeshore Road here. Um but
0: anyway, no complaints. Uh, feeling healthy, feeling good. Fantastic. You're looking good. You're looking at a bit of a suntan going on there. What's happening? Where have you been? Oh, it's the Arctic Sun. It's the Arctic Sun. That's <laughs> I haven't been anywhere. There's a thing called the Arctic Sun? Right. Okay.
1: Well might be the blood, pre- be the blood pressure from uh all this activity over the last uh, couple of months. So
0: Well, that's why we wanted to speak to you. That's why we've reached out. Thank you for picking up the phone. I appreciate it. Uh, your share price has gone sure. nuts. Uh, we, we're yeah. going to discover why in a second. Um, but tell you what, just for people new to the, your story, why don't you just give them a quick 1-minute, high-level uh, view of what it is that you guys are, uh, and then we'll pick it up and get into the detail. Sure. Again, uh, Alora Resources we're
1: uh, an emerging publicly traded uh, mineral company primarily focused in Bolivia, southern Bolivia, in the Department of Potosi. We have a flagship project called Isca Isca, it's a silver polymetallic project. Uh, we started our maiden drilling campaign in September and basically trying to outline uh, a major tonnage system. We trade on the TSX Venture under the symbol ELO, and we're also on the OTCQX. Uh, under the symbol ELRRF we have currently uh, 52 million shares outstanding 62 fully diluted uh, management and uh, close associates have probably 50% of that float so it's a relatively tight out uh, share uh, cap uh, share
0: cap it's very tight very tight indeed well like i'm I- I'm going to go over the new ground rather than old grounds because I'm going to refer people to our previous conversation where we talk about business plan, strategy, the team's track record, not insignificant track record. Um, I'll put the link below, click on that and do listen to Tom talk about that. Today, though, I want to focus on uh, a couple of things. So, which is obviously what's going on at Esker. But can, can I just one? I'm going to hark back to the previous conversation for one topic only, and that is with regards to uh, La Victoria. Um, has EHR EHR done what they said they would do? Did they spend the money up until the end of 2020? Well, No, they have spent money. Um, uh, EHR, EHR
1: Resources is an Australian uh, publicly traded company uh, on the ASX at least. They've actually name changed recently. Uh, to uh, uh, their name is now Burgundy Diamond Mines Limited, BDG, uh, BDM. Sorry. However, uh, they, you know, they are their their pursuit now is primarily, you know, diamonds in northern Canada. But they're still very, very interested on the project, the La Victoria project. Uh, again. We did have some uh, setbacks with the local community from the standpoint of allowing us to drill our favored area called San Marquito. Uh, so we've been working for the last year and a half on getting that rectified. And I believe we're now there uh, officially, I would say in a couple of weeks, two, three weeks, we should have it signed off, the, the land rental agreement. Then the Australians, uh, they must spend 1.4 million to move to their 25% interest. And by all accounts, it seems that they they really want to move forward on that. So we're very, you know, La Victoria is very much alive. Uh, our Australian partners are very, are, are, are still very motivated
0: to move forward on this uh, very prolific target. Okay, so tell me this, um, do you think the market is attributing any value towards that asset? Given that sort of it's it's had a kind of fairly sedentary past, you've got an Australian firm, which seems to be focused on Diamonds, you are showing interest, which is great. But do you think people recognize and give you any value for it?
1: I don't. At this stage, I think it's minimal value. I, even though it's a great address, and we have uh, you know world-class neighbors uh, within a fifty-kilometer radius. Um, you know, you're dealing with the likes of Pan American Silver with their La Arena project and Laguna Snorke Barracks project. Uh, however, until we actually start drilling and show the market what we believe could be there, uh it's you know, it's it's been somewhat long-winded waiting for that over the last couple of years. So I think no, to answer your question, I think uh, might be five, 10% of the value that right. you know, okay. we're dealing with. So the, so
0: the bulk of the 240 million market cap, firmly focused on Bolivia, as should we. So let's talk about Eska Esca. Um recent news, you've raised six point three million bucks. Why did you feel you needed to do that? Well, we, we started off on our, the initial
1: maiden drilling campaign, as we stated, uh, back in August, uh, in the underground of Hera Castle, the northern part of the nine square kilometer property. It's basically a rim within the, a volcano system. Um, and we started off, uh, with some radial, uh, drilling underground, but we ended up encountering a, what they call a breccia pipe to the east and we call that the Heracasa breccia pipe. So we started immediately focusing more on that structure and started realizing we needed a second drill, a surface drill to do some uh, definition drilling. And we realized that the pace of drilling was we were getting great uh, production rates of anywhere 800 to 100 meters a day uh, with one crew double shift. So, you know, we had budgeted for 3,500 meters uh, and we found that especially when we went back underground and decided to go to our, the Western drilling station of the underground to poke holes directly to the West uh, following this big granodiorite that we knew had been there. Uh, we ended up encountering a very large Gretchen pipe called the Santa Barbara. And so obviously we wouldn't, we didn't want to stop drilling. And by November, you know, we were well past our 3,500 meters and it was time like to keep things going. Obviously, I, you know, I decided with, the, with uh, the board of directors that we had to uh, make, you know, c- continue, make, a, you know, do a raise, which we completed in December. Uh, well, actually, first few days in January, uh, we had Haywood Securities and a firm called Echelon, Echelon Partners. Uh, they basically they did a bought deal initially for I think it was around three and a half million, three million. And it moved up to around six point three at the end. Um, there was a the good thing about this was that it was a prospectus offering, so major due diligence uh, that, that that you know that 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 they went through, and this is one of the things about Bolivia being a high risk jurisdiction from from a lot of people's uh, point of view. I don't agree so much with that after experiencing. We're having you know we've got great cooperation down there, but anyway. Um, the contracts, the agreements with our privately owned partner owner, the Vajegas family. Uh, you know, this was all highly scrutinized, uh, looked after, and uh, so you know, we're from a from a business standpoint, from a corporate standpoint in Bolivia, we obtained two top lawyer firms, legal firms, to to make sure that you know everything's moving in a proper fashion,
0: and uh, certainly is. Fantastic. One thing you said to me there, though, was you know you've discovered a second breccia pipe. These aren't common down there, are they?
1: No, in fact, again to the to your audience, I am not a geologist, but I'll tell you, I, I probably I get a lesson every day from Dr. William Pearson, who's our chief technical advisor. Uh, he will be going on as executive VP of exploration. Uh, very smart man. He's been around for uh, involved in geoscience and the, uh, different projects for over 40 years. He founded the Jacobina deposit, on, which is now a, a flagship property owned by Yamana Gold in Brazil. Anyway, Bill t- just tells me, you know, and it's really interesting uh, just on the geology and how, and he's being fed with uh, Dr. Oswaldo, who's written books on on uh, Bolivian uh, metallogenic uh, systems. He's very, very familiar with, uh, the, you know, the geology in Bolivia, especially southern Bolivia, where we're located, where all the world-class major polymetallic systems reside. So his point was, look at this breccia. Usually if you find one breccia, there's usually clusters of them. And so when we did encounter the Harakasa, which is smaller, but still, you know, there's commercial tonnage within that st- that structure. Um, we, you know, when, when, when we encountered this, I think that was maybe the motivator for, for us to then go west from the underground to test, uh, the 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 western perimeter of the volcano uh, to see whether there are other breccia pipes in Santa Barbara showed up. I'd like to also add on this because this is what we're really all about right now, you know, trying to define breccia pipes and and and, and showing volume and potential commercial uh, value per ton of rock within those breccia pipes. Uh, Dr. Quinton Hennig, who was very very uh, instrumental in bringing a, a fund out of Cal- out of Colorado. Uh, to initially invest in our startup drilling campaign in the underground, they 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 raised one point five million for us. He has a a strong background as well technically. Uh, he's president of Novo Resources. A few other uh, he has interest in, in, in other uh, properties that he really really has a passion towards, um, and he w- was very familiar with the Penisquitas uh, Brecha pipe in Mexico. Which is mainly, you know, it's a big silver. It's owned by Newmont today. And, you know, he used to work with Newmont. So he has a lot of background as well when it comes to these breccia pipes. So with, between the three of them, Bill, uh, Osvaldo, and Quinton, who I call them, you know, our dream team technically, uh, you know, we've
0: got some good eyes on these pipes. and. And, and how to how to move forward with them? Absolutely. So, and people do get excited when they when you talk about precious metals, usually because there's a kind of polymetallic component. So, I mean, when we first spoke, it was gold silver base. You're now a silver polymetallic company. Is that reaction to what you're seeing coming out of the ground, or is that a reaction to this fervor in the market, which it started beyond the last two weeks of, of kind of crazy silver talk, but um, it started towards the end of last year so what's driving the yeah. change of no, that's that's a great question
1: um, because obviously in this marketplace you probably get more leverage being a silver play than you would a gold play only because there's fewer silver plays out there but our our deposit is a polymetallic it's a silver we we call it a silver polymetallic there are multiple metals in it and i would say that you know Roughly, the average from what we've seen to date, 25% of that metal value would would be derived from silver. So, you know, we're coming in 25, 30 grams of silver. I mean, from the first few holes. But I mean, remember, these are big, big structures. So the jury's out as to what the overall grade will be uh, with from the varying um, uh, metals. One thing that's very interesting, though, is uh, when we first started drilling, like at Herracasa, there was no tin credits. But we are starting to notice tin, and I mean tin is three times the price of copper. Like it's around 10, 11 bucks, uh, you know, a pound. So two, two and a half times the price of, of copper currently. Uh, so you know, you bring in more and more tin, and we find that what we're finding is, as you get deeper into these pipes, they get closer to that feeder, that you know, that that porphyry intrusive that magma that came up, and um, you know, that's where you can see some lots of massive sulfides, and this is where grades you know, could, could increase in value uh, and maintaining that potential tonnage, uh, increasing that potential tonnage. So, it's interesting to see what tin, this could be a tin porphyry uh, type of complex that we're dealing with. So,
0: it'll be interesting to see if we're, you know, we are getting a lot of tin out of this thing over, o- over time. Interesting, very interesting, especially with the way the tin, tin seems to be moving at the moment. Um, obviously, people associate pressure and uh, massive sulphides with scale. You're concentrating right now with your money on what? Just under, understanding the polymetallic structure.
1: Yeah, so to, when we when we decided to move forward with with the financing, it enabled us to basically budget for a, a further fourteen thousand meters of drilling. Uh, and that drilling we we started up, restarted after the Christmas break. Uh, we completed around fifty, five hundred meters roughly. Uh, before, Christmas, before we shut down pre-Christmas. And then we resumed and we're right now on, I believe hole uh, four, one, two, three, I believe hole four. Um, and these are basically surface holes. We're putting our attention uh, uh, on the Santa Barbara pipe to the west of the underground, and also to another pipe that we've outlined uh, to the south, directly south of Santa Barbara called the central pipe. So just to give you some dimension, and then I'll explain that what we're dr- doing from the drilling standpoint. Uh, right now, we believe that Santa Barbara is around, the, the, the circumference is, around, I mean, basically uh, di- diameter-wise, it's about 400 meters across, but there's a mineralized envelope in, in Dacite Volcanic, uh, with, the, with it, which is a, a further 100 meters around the rim uh, of this pipe. Uh, so that's basically a 600 meter uh, diameter. So, you know, w- what we're doing with that, basically we want to define it. And that's basically looking at the different quadrants We're d- we're drilling at minus 60 degree to the on-surface central part of the pipe. Uh, that's where, where, where we set up the, the pad. We're drilling uh, due north, minus uh, 60, due east minus 60, due west minus 60, and then we'll do a deep minus 80 hole straight down the guts of this pipe. So we're all, I think we've now completed the the, the northeast-west holes, um, and now we're about to engage on the the deep hole. That's basically definition drilling. And as, as Bill, Dr. Pearson sort of says, I mean, and it's still early, but he says, you know, this is turning into more of a sampling project than trying to wildcat and find Tonnage, because you're, defined, you're defining something within a structure, within a volcanic structure. Well, these pipes, the walls of them are day site volcanics that were created from pressures that came up, uh, gas and water combinations that created explosions. So, um, the the next step will be once we've completed uh, that drilling, we will then we're in the process of of uh, setting up two uh, drill pads on site. At the central pipe. And that's because of the size of it. It's elongated to about 700 meters south north on surface with around a 400 meter diameter. So these things are massive uh, structures. So that's why we need two central pipes, or sorry, two platforms, north platform, south platform. We will then do a minus 60 degree hole and a deep hole from the north and a minus 60 degree hole and a deep hole from the south platform. That should complete this 13 14,000 metres of drilling that we have started off with as of January. And then what? So once we've defined uh, basically just these two structures, uh, then we can start doing a little bit more uh, infill for the inferred resource. We want to get going with the National Instrument 43-101 inferred resource. We're also planning on a... Um, you know, obviously doing a metallurgical study, we've started slowly into that because that's the question, all these different metals, uh, is it economic separating them and, and what's the cost and can they be separated or the penalty elements? So we're, we're moving in on that. That's a very important uh, study that we, I'm hoping to have completed. Uh, uh, the team should have it completed in a couple of months, uh, at least the initial metallurgical study. So that'll be completed. We're also bringing in some geophysics uh, to outline studies, to outline some more of these pipes. We believe there could be three or four more pipes. Um, so we're bringing, we're gonna be doing a mag, sorry, a gravity and an IP. It's just, that should, st- the, the IP should start up in about a couple of weeks time. We're just, you know, <laughs> it's just logistics, you know, with COVID and with, you know, some of the border issues, uh, but we're getting
0: it done. Yeah, I mean, really, I'd like the phrases that you, that, uh, you use there. It's, it's a sampling exercise, and in many ways, it is because there's such tight but massive structures. Um, but fourteen thousand meters gets you so far. You're gonna are you gonna need to raise more capital if you're going to try and find more of these braccia pipes? As I say, they do appear in clusters.
1: Yes, uh, absolutely. Unless you know, I mean, we do have a, an FTP site. I mean, we're going to look at all, you know, obviously all optionality, but I think, you know, you really want to build the value here, um, you know, in the event that you engage with a, a larger uh, company down the road, uh, that's fine, but you really want to do the work now and, and, and prove up what you potentially have. So, you know, I think we could end up moving forward to maybe a 40,000, 50,000 meter drill campaign. Don't quote me on that you know, we have to get that verified by the the experts, by our team, Um, but that would probably, what would that give us? Would it give us a PEA plus a, you know, some indicated like the inferred, when you go inferred these days, they're pretty strict on the fact that an inferred resource should show that it potentially 80% is economic or, you know, you're close to being economic. So, I mean, I think this'll, we will have to answer your question. Yeah, we will, Raise more money to complete at least a 40,000 meter campaign over the next six, seven months, eight months, sort of thing.
0: Right. So I'm getting to where I want to get to because you said to me last time, we're not mind builders. Okay. We have a very clear strategy, which we've utilized before. So I'm just trying to understand the picture you're trying to paint. For potential strategic partners who come in, so is it a case of let's focus on these couple, but we know at some point further down the line we may or our partners may go hunting for more of these breccia pipes because we've given them some degree of certainty around the the the, the, the type of polymetallic structures that are, are, are here, um, and yeah. you know we've done enough drilling to kind of uh, for that for them to sort of think well actually yeah this this is worth. Um, you know, getting involved with. Do you know what I mean? Because because you're 240 million market cap with not not a bunch of data at the moment. So, would you say that that's a? Sorry, and I do want to get onto the, the, um, this. Is yeah. do you think you're perhaps overvalued at the moment for what you've got? Well, I think
1: I think what I I, I think what we I mean, you would think so when you're looking how quickly they share cap and you know I mean the last couple of days, what is going on here? Um, however, when you look at the numbers of these pipes, and I'm sure this has to be proven up. So this is just my own sort of opinion, I could be dead wrong. Okay, I want to qualify that. But if you look at the, you know, the structures, I mean, it's not hard to see, uh, you know, a laurel being able to outline anywhere from three to 500 million tons just from these two uh, breccia pipes, because obviously, these are basically plunging into that feeder. So where's that feeder and how much how much tonnage based on you know our definition drilling, that's the point of our definition drilling trying to show uh, in a future study that this is why we surmise X amount of tonnage uh, um, bulk tonnage. So uh, I look at it this way. I take a look at you know a major major uh, mine operation within our 200 kilometer uh, radiant being. Uh, San Cristobal owned by Sumitomo. Uh, they were deemed as one of the third, fourth largest silver uh, byproduct. Uh, I mean, there was silver tin, sorry, silver lead zinc with the three main uh, credits that they were mining. Uh, just the, the, the zinc and the lead alone covers the overall cost of the operation per tonne. A, a tonne of, to operate there, it's, it works out to around $50 US a tonne to operate. So let's assume, now I'm sure it would be a billion, billion and a half CapEx to get into that type of, that type of uh, uh, operation. But let's assume that the numbers are similar, the cost numbers are similar to our situation. So if we can show 100, 120 grams of silver equivalent, uh, today's prices per ton of rock, and if we can show three to 500 million tons outlined just on these two pipes, you figure out the numbers and um, I mean, I don't want to say, but it's easy to figure them out. And how many shares you have outstanding today being even fully diluted 62 million. Um, so no, I don't think we're undervalued in, in the event that we can prove up this tonnage with some commercial. And even if you take out 60% of that rock is non-commercial, these 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 structures carry a lot more than three five 500 million tonnes potentially. So there's, it's interesting, let's put it that
0: way. It's, it's, it's interesting because in the context of the market at the moment, is, there's a little bit of you know, frothiness um, to it with regards to the, the topic of Silver, right? So you know, I think a lot of companies, I've spoken to a couple of Silver CEOs today, and you know, they do think there's a kind of synthetic nature to what, what's going on this off the back of the GameStop type stuff, um, and that things will settle down relatively quickly and you know where you are and therefore it's going to come back to I think the point you've just made is fundamentals you know really matter the the kind of um, promotional um, you know fervor in the marketplace is is not, is not real per se so with with what you're saying to me is we've got our two branches we're going to focus on those we've got some money to continue to do some drilling but at some point we recognize we're going to need to drill more to do more of well I think it's the sum, the sampling yeah, exercise that you're going through, that's right, Matthew. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah. So, so I mean, what, what should we be looking out for then? Um, what, what What are the highlights we should be looking out for?
1: Um, I think we just on you know the sidebar project the San San Marquito La Victoria project. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some sort of uh, announcement shortly that you know we're back in business there. Uh, that would be a press release, um, uh, you know, and then. The, the great thing, the good thing about what's going on, we're drilling. Uh, and you know, an, another point I'd like to make, the production rates are amazing. The rock is, you know, is, is it's not hard, hard. Um, you know, the bond index is low. We're getting a lot of uh, production 80 to 100 meters a day. So we're we're flying through this, this program right now to the point that you don't need three or four drills on this property, like, you know, so, you need, I mean, we're, we're thinking, you know, obviously getting a 2nd or a 3rd for other of these down the road, but right now to get the information, one drill seems to be working out very, very well. Uh, you'll be seeing press releases every 2-3 to three weeks um, on the drill results of these holes that are going to continue on until the 14000 meters uh, is basically completed in these 2 retro pipes. So, there'll be quite a bit of news coming out. Well, two to three weeks, you know, press release per se over
0: the coming two to three months. Brilliant. Well, I, I look forward to hearing from you because, uh, you know, you've done a cracking, cracking job there. How, you, how, well, tell me this given that breaches are not that common in Bolivia, how much, how much of this was luck and how much was design? Well, you know, and I wish, you know, if I, if I had Dr. Pearson or Quentin Henning,
1: they could explain this very simply. And it, you know, <laughs> what I'm told is that the system, What we have is preserved. In other words, you know, the glaciation didn't knock the hell out of the top of this thing, where that has happened in a lot of other areas. There probably were breccia pipes in a lot of these deposits, but much maybe they were weathered out, weathered off. uh, And that this is one of the interesting things that in our spot, our area, Isca Isca, uh, you know, 40 kilometers north of Topeza, this is why Oswaldo has just not seen this. Maybe there wasn't so much glaciation in this particular area. I mean, that's as far you know. That's the best I can give you. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I
0: I think a lot of it's down to luck. Sometimes you don't know what's under there, do you? Um, Well, yeah, absolutely. You've been around the block, you know. Um, Well, like Tom, appreciate you coming on. Uh, Great to hear from you. You Look, you look well, and you've had a great couple of couple of weeks as well. That doesn't uh, that doesn't hinder things, does it? No, Matthew.
1: It's always a pleasure seeing you, and looking forward to updating you uh, in the next uh, month,
0: a couple of months.